Hello, this is Ayush from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, November 19th and India's COVID-19 caseload rose to 89.58 lakh with fresh 45,600 infections. The number of people who have recuperated from the disease climbed to over 83.8 lakh, pushing the national recovery rate to 93.58%. The Delhi High Court today pulled up the AAP government for the second time this month over the rising coronavirus cases in the city, asking why did it wait to take precautions like reducing the number of attendees at weddings when the cases were on the rise after November 1st. The court said that the government was shaken out of slumber and turned turtle after the High Court's questions, adding that it cannot be a silent bystander to a deteriorating situation. The High Court noted that the quantum of fine for not wearing masks, not maintaining social distancing, did not appear to be a deterrent in controlling the cases. Last week, the court had questioned the government's November 1st decision to raise the cap on the number of guests allowed at weddings to 200. Following this, the AAP government sought to revert its relaxation rules and reduce the number of attendees at weddings to 50. The government has also written to the centre to allow local shutdowns in market that may emerge as COVID hotspots. The court also directed the government to implement its plans to increase 660 ICU beds in hospitals by next week. It has upheld the government's decision to ban Chhat Puja celebrations at public places in the national capital, stating that the right to health must be respected first. A sweet shop owner in Mumbai's Bandra West was forced to cover his shop sign with newspaper pages after Shiv Sena leader Nitin Nandgaukar wanted Karachi dropped from its name. The shop is called Karachi Sweets. A video of the exchange between the two was caught on camera in which Nandgaukar is heard asking the owner to change the word Karachi to something in Marathi. He tells the owner that his ancestors were from Pakistan. He came to India during the partition and he's welcome adding that he hates the name Karachi Sweets and the city is a hub of terrorists. The politician said that the shop has to change its name and it has been given time. Following the incident, the shop covered its name with a newspaper. Karachi, of course, is the largest city of India's neighbour Pakistan and the capital of the Sindh province in Pakistan. Four militants were killed in an encounter with security forces near Ban Toll Plaza along the Jammu Srinagar National Highway near Nangrota this morning. According to Director General of Police Talbak Singh, the heavily armed militants had infiltrated last evening and were on their way to Kashmir to disrupt the coming district development counseling polls and panchayat by-elections. The encounter began when the militants, hiding in a truck, lobbed a grenade at security personnel manning a checkpoint around 5am. Police and CRPF personnel deployed at Bantol Plaza killed the two militants when they tried to come out of the truck. Two personnel of the Special Operation Group of Jammu Kashmir Police were also injured. They were identified as 32-year-old Kuldeep Raj and 40-year-old Mohammed Ishaq Malik. Both have been admitted to GMC in Jammu and their condition was stated to be stable. Earlier on January 31st this year, a group of militants had opened fire at a police team near Bantol Plaza, triggering a gunfight in which three ultras were killed and a policeman was injured. They too had reportedly come from Pakistan through an underground cross-border tunnel in Samba sector, which was later detected by the BSF. Bihar Education Minister Mevalal Chaudhary resigned today merely three days after taking oath amid allegations of corruption. He submitted his resignation after meeting Chief Minister Nitish Kumar. 
The case against Chaudhary pertains to his tenure as Vice Chancellor of Bihar Agriculture University at Sabor in Bhagalpur. He and about 50 others had been first booked in 2017 for alleged discrepancies in appointment of 167 assistant come junior scientists. The university had newly opened then and Chaudhary's tenure there extended from 2010 to 2015. He declared the charges in his 2020 election affidavit and was elected MLA from Tarapur in Munger. According to ANI, Chaudhary said that an accusation is proven only when a charge sheet is filed or a court gives an order and neither of the two is there to prove the allegations against him. However, Bihar's main opposition, RJD, launched a fierce attack on CM Nitish Kumar for appointing Chaudhary as the Education Minister. RJD MP and spokesperson Manoj Kumar Jha told the Indian Express that the choice of Chaudhary as Education Minister makes a loud statement about the CM's weakened position in the new scheme of things after the verdict. He added that a clear message has gone to Bihar that one cannot expect anything positive from the government with these kind of choices dominating the constitution of the cabinet. My colleague Basant Kumar spent almost a month in Bihar before and during the state elections and dug out a gold miner's stories on life and politics in the state. He filed reports on child labor, open defecation, unemployment, and voting patterns in different corners of Bihar to give a full portrait of the northern state and the challenges that lie ahead for the new government. You can simply head over to his author's page on newslaundry.com and read these solid ground reports. I would personally recommend his story on Jhapsi Mochi, a Mahadalit elder who's invited to unfurl the flag by Bihar's chief minister every year on January 26th and August 15th. Despite this pageantry, my colleague found that the quality of life in Mochi's village had hardly improved. If you like such reports, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. You can do so by heading over to the website and clicking on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Our cheapest subscription costs only 300 rupees a month. So please extend your support to independent media and pay to keep news free. Twitter was reportedly questioned today by a parliamentary panel for not removing stand-up comic Kunal Kamra's tweets targeting the Supreme Court earlier this month. According to NDTV, the social media giant's policy head Mahima Kaul was grilled by the Joint Committee on the Personal Data Protection Bill headed by BJP's Menakshi Lekhi. Both Ms. Lekhi and Congress leader Vivek Tankha took the lead in questioning Twitter for keeping the posts. Twitter is already in trouble for geotagging Ladakh as a part of China, and has promised the panel that it will be corrected by November 30th. Twitter's chief privacy officer, Damien Kieran, sent an apology letter to the panel over the lapse, which was revealed after users tagged their posts as being in Ladakh, but the geotag showed their location in China. Kunal Kamra faces contempt cases over his tweets, attacking the Supreme Court for granting TV anchor Anup Gosami reprieve after his arrest in an abetment to suicide case. Eight people, mostly lawyers, have filed cases against him. The Mumbai-based comic, however, has refused to either retract his tweets or apologize for his posts. Union Culture Minister Pralat Patel today handed over 13th century bronze idols of Ram, Lakshman and Sita, which were recently repatriated from the UK to Tamil Nadu government at the Archaeological Survey of India headquarters in Delhi. These artifacts, stolen from a temple in the state more than 40 years ago, were handed over to the Indian High Commission on September 15th by the London Metropolitan Police via a digital event, but they landed in India this week. 
The idols are believed to be masterpieces of Indian metal art and vary between 74 centimeters and 19 centimeters in height. Patel said that the government has been able to retrieve 40 antiquities from foreign countries between 2014 and 2020, while only 13 antique pieces were repatriated to India between 1976 and 2014. He also put the onus on the respective state governments and trusts to keep antiquities in safe custody so that such situations do not arise in future. As per photographic evidence from 1958, these idols belong to the Sri Rajgopal Vishnu Temple built during the Vijayanagar period in Tamil Nadu's Nagarpattinam district. As per the police probe, these were stolen in November 1978 and could not be found in the custody of thieves who were nabbed later. The idols are now likely to be handed back to the temple management where they will be put on display after 40 years, said an official from the Tamil Nadu government's idol wing. Mumbai terror attack mastermind and Jamaat dawa chief Hafiz Saeed was sentenced today to 10 years in jail by an anti-terrorism court in Pakistan in two more terror cases. Saeed, a UN-designated terrorist whom the US has placed a $10 million bounty on, was arrested on July 17th last year in terror financing cases. He was sentenced to 11 years in jail by an anti-terrorism court in February this year in two terror financing cases. He's lodged at Lahore's high-security court Lakhpat Jail. Saeed and his two close aides, Zafar Iqbal and Yahya Mujahid, have been sentenced to 10 and a half years each, while JUD chief's brother-in-law, Abdul Rahman Maki, was sentenced to six months imprisonment. A total of 41 cases have been registered against the JUD leaders, out of which 24 have been decided, while the rest are pending in courts. Four cases have been decided against Saeed so far. Saeed led JUD as the front organization for the Lashkar-e Toiba, which is responsible for carrying out the 2008 Mumbai attack that killed 166 people, including six Americans. The US Department of the Treasury has designated Saeed as a specially designated global terrorist. He was listed under the UN Security Council Resolution 1267 in December 2008. Back to the homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. This week on NL Hafta, Newslaundry's Abhinandan Sekri, Jayashri Arunachalam and Anand Vardhan are joined by Joanna Slater, the India Bureau Chief of the Washington Post. Their discussion spans Biden versus Trump, the Bihar election results, Arnab Goswami's pale, the definition of terrorism, among other topics. On Arnab Goswami getting bail, Jeshi says it was a very political visual and emphasizes that in this particular incident, he wasn't targeted for his reporting or press freedom. Here's a snippet from the episode. I'm not sure, but I think Joanna was being very uh, polite about the scenes when he was released. I mean, the man was literally standing, what I think he was standing out of the sunroof of a car. He was shouting, Bharat Mata Ki Jai. He would shout Vande and the crowd would shout back Matram. Like, I have, I mean, we've seen a lot of political rallies, but this was something extraordinarily amazing. Like, it was ridiculous. I mean, it's good to see the Supreme Court waking up to the concept of liberty, considering like Sada Bharatwaj has been in jail for what, 800 ish, 800 odd days. Sharji Laman has been in jail for nearly 300 days. And Arnab's bail petition came up so quickly, he waited six days and then he was out. Other people are waiting years and they're getting no closer to the end. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. 
help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel